mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting in Work, episode 121 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective. We are powered by Audio Technica, and I'm your host, John O'Peck, here to talk to Dustin Furman from Handsome Phantom and Colin's Last Stand. Such a busy boy. Dustin founded Handsome Fandom some years ago, which has become a very time-consuming passion project. That's a video games website that he's running with some friends, including past guests on this show, Ben Smith, the mayor of Butler. They've been doing their thing for a while, going along to conferences, throwing up written content and reviews, editorials, podcasts, all that good stuff. But alongside Handsome Fandom, Dustin is working with a day job as a video editor. He's got that professional side of his creative interest happening as well, which is really cool. That was great to talk about how he got into that, how he's made that into a career. But even recently, it's become even more of an opportunity to make some bread because he's come alongside Colin Moriarty's Colin's Last Stand YouTube channel. He's been the podcast editor for some time, first of all on Knockback, later on Fireside Chats, and now is editing Sacred Symbols PlayStation Podcast, which is, you know, one of the biggest, most popular, high-charting PlayStation podcasts out there, probably number one, I think. And we're talking about tens and tens of thousands of downloads every week. Colin is, of course, a past guest on this show, so it was great to talk to Dustin about how that opportunity came about and what it's been like to work with Colin now editing his videos on YouTube as well. We've got a little bit of housekeeping. iTunes reviews are, of course, very welcomed on this podcast. That helps get the word out there, but the 8-Bit Collective's Patreon is pushing towards a stretch goal of $250 a month, and if we can get there, I will be launching a comedy rewatch podcast series called Comedy Rewind. I'm lining up some really cool names to come in and guest on that, including Dagan Moriarty. Essentially, to look at the classic 90s comedies, we're talking Jim Carrey, Adam Sandler, Mike Myers, all those blockbusters, and we're looking at these films in a modern lens, seeing how they hold up, seeing which jokes are still funny, seeing what doesn't quite work in 2019, and that is going to be so much fun when we can finally hit that stretch goal and make it happen. So if you've got some dollars to spare, chip in you get a lot in return as far as the 8-bit perks go that's patreon.com slash we are 8-bit a-t-e-b-i-t but for now we got dustin Furman putting in work enjoy the show dustin thank you for joining me it's great to have you here hey thanks for having me man it's all right i think it was even way way back in 2017 that i first heard your name when i had jt russell on the podcast talking about his experiences and he was it might have been after we finished recording. It's like, you should check out these guys, Handsome Phantom. And oh, Dustin. yeah. They're awesome. <laughs> JT, that, that dude rocks. I love that guy. Yeah, he's he's a champ. And then uh, I think you DM'd me to talk to Ben Smith, your uh, partner over there at Handsome Phantom. And I had him on the podcast a few months ago, yeah. too. So it's been building up to this. And uh, it's good to have you here. <laughs> yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm excited to, to be on. A bit of background on you. You're a video editor in the town of Butler. Right. Tell us about the kind of content that that company tends to work on the most. So the company I work for, it's actually just me and one other guy. Um, he recruited me out of out of high school almost. I mean, he saw that I was doing video work and we sort of knew each other through going to church and stuff like that. But it's it's just a, you know, a small operation of the two of us. We do all kinds of stuff. It's doing live events like dance recitals and musicals, mm. but we also do commercials. Like we have an ad right now running on Pittsburgh local syndication right now. 
and we do like tape transfers. It's like any kind of video stuff we we handle. So, sure. Are you filming as well as editing, or is it kind of just people dumping their video to you to work through? <laughs> it's both, and I mean, it's it's fun. I I like the filming aspect because it's something new every day. I've been in steel mills like and you know doctor like surgery wards and all kinds of different things so it's it's been neat doing the shooting aspect but yeah it's it's both and is that something that you've always had an interest in like you mentioned high school and how did mm-hmm. the video journey begin for you my first time i ever did i mean i was always interested in like cameras and stuff like that growing mm-hmm. up but the first video i ever edited was like windows movie maker and i had the like cinematic parts of kingdom hearts one and like the special ending. And so I would edit those to like Lincoln park music or something. And I would make like, you know, music videos that I would like sync up with different kingdom hearts clips or whatever. And so that's kind of what, what started it as silly as it sounds. But so I, you know, we, I was doing that and I was making dumb videos with my friends. Are those videos still out there? The the kingdom hearts ones? (laughs) You know, they they were on like mega upload or something, some kind of upload from years ago. I have always thought I wish I could find them, but no, I don't think they exist anymore. But that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, it was it was making stupid videos for friends. And then in high school, I actually I, I owe so much to my my teacher. I was in the video program. Mr. Robbins, uh, he kind of took me under his wing and he taught me how to use Premiere about production and audio. And it's, it's just interesting that, you know, obviously there's a lot of problems with the high schools, high school systems and the arts and stuff. But I owe everything to that to that program at my high school in Butler. And so it was there that I really learned on a professional level what that, you know, what doing video production was like. And so... Mm. After that, I I went to community college for a little bit. I did one class at a place called Pittsburgh Filmmakers that was a waste of time. Um, Not that it was a bad school. It was just, I don't want to say, I was in one of the lower classes. And I'm not saying like, I'm awesome. I knew what was going on. It was because I took those classes in high school that made it Mm. not really worth my time. So at that point, I was working and making money doing video stuff. And so... I did an internship in Pittsburgh and took a break from school. And then Mm -hmm. once the internship was done, I was like, I'm working enough doing video stuff. And so the school's not really helping me and I'm not in very much debt. And so I didn't go back. And so far it's, I don't know, four years, three years later or something like that. I have no concept of time anymore, but it's been fine. You know, I learned all, all the things I need to know from high school and youtube so yeah it's a it's a crazy world that we're in at the moment how, how old are you i am uh 25 yeah 25 right i every year i forget a little more how old i yeah. am so it happens yeah it's interesting you talk about that program in high school and how influential that was how instrumental it was too uh because right. it, it gives me flashbacks to high school because i was kind of doing the same thing that you were probably doing at a younger age tinkering around in Windows Movie Maker and making dumb videos with my friends on camera, behind the camera, that kind of thing. But we didn't have the program at school to kind of foster that interest. And mm-hmm. I'd played around in iMovie with 
some of my friends' computers and found that like obviously better than Movie Maker, but not quite at the level of something like Premiere. So I asked my school, can we get an, a Mac computer, like a laptop so I can edit in iMovie? And I was studying media, which involved a little bit of filming and stuff. They said, oh, we can't get a Mac on the school system because it's all PCs, Microsoft. So they went and ordered Final Cut Pro, which in 2005 was a convoluted mess to figure out for a 17-year-old kid with literally no teacher to show me how to use it. So I guess that's a a huge difference between (laughs) my attempt at doing that and yours. And it just makes me think if there was someone that could have shown me that or a, a program that was a step down from something as difficult to use as Final Cut, like it could have been a completely different story for me. But hey, we all end up where we are and it looks like it worked out pretty well for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just funny how, how it all works out, you know, looking at the timeline and, um, as you're saying with teachers, like, yeah, the, it's amazing how one person hmm. who is, is willing to invest in you, how much that can make a, a difference for the rest of your life. And so I, I actually, I keep up with that teacher. Like we, at the last day of school, he gave me his number and I have his number and we've, we've met up for lunch and we'll, we'll touch base with each other every once in a while. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll always be in debt to him for, mm. for what he's done for me. So that's cool. I mean, the school invested in me by buying final cut pro, but I never used it once because the manual <laughs> was like two inches thick. And right. <laughs> so right. anyway, uh, handsome phantom would be the other arm of, uh, what you've been doing for quite a while. So tell me a bit about that. We've had been on the show before but for people that yeah. might have missed his talk what's been your involvement with those guys and how's that evolved with uh with your time there oh man well handsome phantom actually started i was doing a podcast called the polymath podcast with four other friends that was non-gaming and that ended up falling by the wayside but me and my friend brandon decided we wanted to do a gaming podcast so like many people do we got some mics in my spare bedroom of my apartment and started recording this podcast called Adventure Mode that had nobody listen to it <laughs> and absolutely zero traction. But How we long were, ago was this? Uh, that would have been probably like 2014, mm-hmm. I want to say, around that time. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, we did that for a long time and we were just having fun with it. We would we went to PSX and stuff like that, not as media or anything, but we had a really good time. And so we realized that part of the reason why we weren't doing so well, we think, was especially in YouTube, was that our name was Adventure Mode. This was before we changed to Handsome Phantom. And if you search Adventure Mode on YouTube, all you get is uh, Diablo videos and mm-hmm. Minecraft. So we like, we changed the name to handsome like the company name was handsome phantom and adventure mode was the podcast so we did that and then uh we eventually decided to do a website in order to try to boost our seo and so that's when kind of everything changed when we did the website and honestly like when things really changed is when ben got involved just because ben is an absolute workhorse. He can make things happen hmm. and um, really achieve anything he wants. <laughs> and so he was totally instrumental. We, you know, it was just Brandon and I having fun. And then once we got him involved, it it completely changed to an actual company that, you know, 
has writers and, you know, uh, relationships with uh, PR. And so that's kind of where we're at now. I mean, we've been rocking the website now for the last, it'll be either two years, two or three years coming up uh, this E3. And so it's been, it's been really incredible just because we're still growing and still kind of a smaller site, but things have happened very quickly as far as like being able to gain a small audience, be able to establish relationships with PR and go to events like PAX and E3. Mm. And so it's been really cool. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of the initial goal for a lot of people doing what you've done is first you want to get free games and you right. have to write about them and be in that conversation with the big media outlets, I guess. And then it's getting to go to these events. And I guess the the end goal in an ideal world is that you can get paid for it. Is that something that you're working towards or are you still kind of happy for it to be a hobby that is rewarding and, and has a you know community around it? Yeah. I mean, Ben and I, we, we would love to not only like have money in the bank to expand money to pay our writers and money to pay ourselves someday. But that that is the goal. But I... I I don't want to say it's the the end goal, like the number one thing, like Ben and I have said, like, you know, if if the only thing we get out of this is going to events and playing games and getting to be together, then we've achieved, you know, the 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 goal of the main goal, which is just to have fun with it. But yeah, hopefully we'll have we're, we're working on some things that we can hopefully get some some monetization in by the end of the year we're hoping in the next six months but yeah like like everybody knows those things are are slow going so it's hard man yeah very hard there's so many people doing that kind of thing as you know friends peers people in the same community as us who are doing the same thing so if you can find a way to stand out that's that's mm -hmm. amazing but you also have to build that audience and the metrics that they need to, to monetize and everything. So yeah. Yeah. Good luck to you. It's uh, it's not an easy thing to do by any stretch. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's that the one thing about doing, doing this podcast and then eventually doing the site is that it is like 10 times more difficult <laughs> to do any of this than I ever thought it was. And I mean, it's, it's a joy to do and it's what we love doing, but like there's so many, intricacies of like trying to make one of our big things is having as best as we possibly can having one art at least one article every weekday and so uh -huh. we're we're a pretty pretty small crew and so it can get you know dicey and we we don't always achieve that goal but even even just that that once a weekday is 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 a struggle sometimes so but yeah, it's it's awesome. It's honestly, in a lot of ways, a dream come true already. Just the fact that we've been able to achieve what we have. Yeah. That's cool. And I guess you individually, you've been able to gain some extra work with Colin's Last Stand, being a podcast editor for Colin over there, Colin Moriarty, for people who don't know. Uh, huge YouTuber and personality in the video games industry, particularly around PlayStation and that kind of ecosystem. So how did that come about? I know you've been a fan like I have of Collins for many years. Right. And I guess Ben was on his Fireside podcast when you were in LA. Mm -hmm. Is that where you guys met and kind of teed that all up or has that been growing over some time? I've met Colin before. Like I met him at uh, New York Comic Con years ago. I'm sure he doesn't remember. That's that's fine. But um, <laughs> I met him many years ago. And then, as you said, Ben was on Fireside Chats 
And so we went out during E3. We went to his apartment, recorded the show, hung out for a little bit. Um, and that was pretty much it. Like that was that was the end of that our our adventure beating Colin. And so him and Ben lightly kept in touch still. But Ben, Ben had told me this was in last December that Colin on one of his shows, because I, I would catch most of his shows. I would always catch sacred symbols, but I don't, wouldn't always catch knockback. But anyway, one of his shows, he said he was looking for an editor. And so Ben said, Hey, you should hit him up. And so, you know, as simple and weird, you know, funny as it sounds, I just emailed him and was like, Hey, I heard you're looking for somebody to take on some editing work. We met in June and uh, let me know if that would be, you know, something we could discuss. And so it started out first that I was editing just knockback. And so I was editing knockback um, just once a week. And yeah, it was it was it was cool, you know, to be able to to do that. But I was hungry for more. But a big thing with Colin was, and you know, I totally understand this was he wanted to make sure that I was legit. I not legit, but to make sure that I wasn't going to flake out. Right. That like podcast is due Wednesday and I'm texting him Wednesday morning saying, sorry, it's late. Right. So there was definitely kind of a trial period where it was just, just knockback. And then eventually that turned into doing knockback and fireside chats. And so I was doing both of those for a month or two. And then eventually sacred symbols became part of the conversation. And so that one was up in the air for a long time because Colin wasn't sure if he was, if he was ready to, since that's kind of the, the, you know, his baby of, uh, you know, his, of CLS. And so he took a shot on me again. And I, um, you know, I'm really appreciative that he did that. And Sacred Symbols is a lot more more work to edit just because there's all the the timestamps and just to make sure everything's perfect. And so I've been doing Sacred Symbols for probably the last month now. Hmm. And then now I'm doing uh, Side Quest as well, which I'm probably the most excited about just because that's in my wheelhouse as far as doing videos and being able to kind of be more creative with the content since even though it is a script that's already written for me, I'm able to kind of interject some of my personality and jokes into the videos. Sure. So he's just brought on Sophia Narwitz to kind of script those videos and you're editing them. So I'm just curious now, what does he actually have to do apart from read it? Like what makes it a Colin Moriarty Hmm. video? So I guess we're figuring that out out right now. I mean, what's interesting is that I don't know what as far as I know that he obviously makes changes to the scripts here and there. And I think that he, you know, either has her cut some stuff or add some stuff. I'm not exactly sure what what that process is. But Colin said someone was complaining on the Facebook group. Of course, there's someone complaining somewhere like, why isn't this actually Colin? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. This is his channel. And Colin actually chimed in and was like, you don't expect that every episode of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver is written by John Oliver. It's all his, you know, it has his style to it and Mm. um, his take on things. But there's obviously people that help along the way to make it right. 
And honestly, I think that a lot of people, if if Colin, if it was a ghostwriter situation, which is something I don't think Colin would have ever done, that people would have even noticed that it was somebody else. So yeah, it's interesting. I think it's kind of just the format of YouTube. People probably aren't used to that concept of of having that approach like the John Oliver is a good comparison but yeah it makes sense I write speeches for people at work all the time and it's a bizarre thing to watch someone else deliver something you've worked on but there's also something cool about like knowing that you kind of making someone else look good and I'm not saying that's what's happening with Colin yeah I'm sure that the topics and like the general angle are things that he's come up with with Sophia before even the research happens so it's surely it's still a very uh, Colin's last stand style thing so and he's still doing he's still gonna do episode like he's still gonna write his own episodes he's doing his own reviews still so it's like the Colin Mm. the Colin writing is not going away by any means Mm. so very cool yeah it's good to see that channel evolve and just continue to grow bigger because I can only imagine that bringing you in, bringing Sophia in, letting Dagan control some of things that happen in Knockback, like all these things are happening so that Colin has more time or Mm -hmm. less work. And whether that's he's less stressed, whether that's he's got more time to work on reviews, whatever it is, I'm sure it's only going to be good for the content and for the audience. Yeah, I think that it's definitely going to help. There's something to be said about like, letting Collins sort of the the creative force behind that obviously so it's good to let him be able to actually be creative and hand off the the more production work to somebody you know like me who can who can take care of that for him because Hmm. I'm sure he was spending you know he was spending a lot of time doing all those so that really does free him up and I I know that there's there's some exciting things that are coming down the pipeline that will be uh, announced along the way that uh, our results are, you know, a product of that extra time. So yeah, very, very cool. So from just the perspective of working with Colin and being part of that channel, what's it been like to say edit a podcast that's had 20,000 downloads or whatever it might be? Because I mean, I know Handsome Phantom would be doing well too, but that's a huge step up to oh, work yeah. for one of the biggest podcasts in in the industry. You know, it's... Honestly, at first it was it was extremely nerve wracking, like (laughs) because kind of what we did was Colin was like, I'm going to have you edit this and we're just going to put it out there and see if anyone says anything, because the audience, the audience will be able to tell if there's something wrong. And so that, you know, it was kind of scary for me just because I was like, oh, hopefully I, you know, don't do anything wrong or screw anything up. And so. You know, no one said anything and it was fine. And so no one has said any complaints about the audio since then, you know, or period, which has been good. But I I'm kind of like a a nervous person in general that has mild anxiety that just gets worse every year that I'm alive. So I am like anytime I send an edit or anything like that, there's always a little bit of doubt, which it, it sounds like a bad thing, but I feel like it it helps me keep my edge to make sure that I'm not getting, you know, complacent or making mistakes or anything like that. But yeah, it was definitely, you know, crazy to to think like, hey, I'm working on this podcast that's 50,000 listeners, especially with Sacred Symbols. That's, yeah. you know, the number one PlayStation podcast 
out there. So at least Colin always says that. I don't know if it's the number one. I'm I'm assuming it's the number one by numbers. I think but, by downloads, it would be pretty safe to say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's it's a huge honor, and I I'm really appreciative to, towards Colin because he has taken care of me obviously like financially very well, and um, it's not necessarily been just like sending me stuff and you know that's it like we 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 can't we probably talk it almost i don't, I don't want to say every day but we talk it a, a couple times a week whether it's about mm. company stuff or if it's about dumb stuff so um he he's made me part of the family and i i really appreciate that yeah that's right and i mean it's a credit to you for reaching out to him and obviously having the uh the background that was sufficient enough to to impress him enough to give you the chance because i can imagine there would have been dozens if not hundreds of people that would have loved to put their hand up if he'd advertised that position you know traditionally so for you to land that is uh pretty cool that's the thing man is that i have tried for literally years to get some kind of paid job in this industry like i've i've done stupid stuff like I, for a long time, wanted to work at IGN and either do some kind of video stuff there. And, you know, I I made it close once, like I interviewed and stuff like that, and it, it didn't work out. And so I was like, I just need to network a little more, you know. And so I made sure at all these events that I was going and trying to talk to people. And I even once, I they were doing an IGN, like, anniversary party that Per Schneider said he was going to look at resumes if you brought your resume he would follow he would email you and give you advice and stuff so i i had extra money at the time so i i flew out i and i instantly from the airport went to the party and then talked to pair and like hung out and stuff went back to the airport and hung out in the airport overnight for four hours and then flew home it was an (laughs) absolutely miserable experience but that's the type of things that like you know the the networking is what what gets you into these kinds of situations and so um yeah it's just been a a lot of years of trying talking to a million different people and getting a million no's honestly um so oh you know it's always been a, a learning experience figuring out you know and and being able to deal with those no's is also hard because you know whether it's your podcast, like I said, was, you know, get, uh, my podcast was getting 20 downloads at one point and half of those were my my iPhones or, you know, my iPad and stuff. Um, <laughs> either that or like, you know, getting an, a, a, a denial on a, a job application or something. So, um, yeah. So it, it feels good to, to finally have something pay off, but it's, you know, uh, took a lot of time to get there. Hmm. Yeah, that's good to hear because I guess some people could look at it and go, "This this job kind of just fell in your lap." But you've had that background of working and toiling away to make sure that it is a, you know, the result of all that hard work rather than just knowing the right person or Ben right. getting it for you or whatever it might be. Yeah, and that's like I've thought about that too. That was like, man, I've tried all these things to try to make a job work out. And now this has just kind of happened randomly, but it's like, I wouldn't have been at E3 if it wasn't for Handsome Phantom. Mm, like Handsome Phantom yeah. wouldn't have been E3 if the if the work wasn't there. And I mean, I'm sure that part of that, like, 
I know that I, I cold emailed Colin, but I don't know whether what he did as far as researching me, but I know that he saw that I was at E3 for, you know, media stuff. So, you know, yeah, getting the, getting the credentials is, is important for sure. Sure. And I guess just to test whether Colin's listening to this or not, what's he like to work for as a boss? Oh, he sucks. I see there's a bit of harassment on Twitter right. and stuff. I, you but... know, I don't know how our, our kind of uh, very edgy relationship on, on Twitter happened. It's probably my fault, but um, <laughs> no, Col- working working with Colin is, is very good. We, you know, make a lot of dick jokes to each other on text and it's it's good (laughs) we joke around that's all you want in a boss is it that's pretty yeah pretty much that's right so Hmm. but no yeah he he's good he you know i will say colin is is one of the most how do i say this in a way that isn't rude not rude but he's very particular about how his podcasts are edited and he's very sharp at at finding um like uh, little mistakes here and there so that's like part of the thing mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, no one, it's impossible to do everything perfectly all the time. And so he uh, has has caught some of my state mistakes here and there. And I'm like, how did you even even see that? So and <laughs> I, like, I oh, there's, there's half of a breath that wasn't muted or something. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But no, he I know this because I edit my podcast the same way. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. you know, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm joking about it right now, but it, it just shows that how much he he really cares about the content and and that's mm. something that uh, through working with him directly is that he he cares so much about the content and he cares about his audience very much um sure. you know he always wants to make sure that things are are available to them for free if they have that option he's doing merch right now for sacred symbols and he put the the link out there for people that don't might not be able to afford the 30 35 dollars shirt with shipping um and so they can take it to someone local and get it printed for cheaper so Hmm. he always is is keeping them in mind and trying to do what's best for for them so yeah that is a really really amazing thing he's done with that t-shirt in particular right the merch store I mean, it's sixty-five dollars or something to ship it out here. So, oh yeah, I might be taking up those uh, those JPEGs for some. For and that's some cool merch. that's the thing. That's what makes it so good. All right, so Dustin, what's been the hardest point of getting to where you're at now, where you're able to do this video job? You're able to kind of work on Handsome Phantom when you've got the time, and obviously having to make time for that. But then you're working with Colin too, so you've kind of got a few different strands to mm-hmm. to build towards this career you've got. The the hardest thing at my it, right now on May 24th, you know, this this time is that I am I'm able to handle all of the work I have right now, but I like really am at my absolute maximum and probably a little beyond that. And so right now the hard part is not only managing the time but figuring out how I'm going to make it all work financially in that the goal for me is that I want to eventually move away from my my day job editing, and you know I I will always be appreciative to to him, uh, my boss there for you know picking me up out of high school and things like that. But I definitely want to move into either whether it's freelancing or doing more work for Colin. That's kind of the the goal for me right now is to be able to mm. work from home and and do that kind of thing. But you know, right now it's all about the hustle of like, okay, work the normal job, 
work the the job that pays nothing and then work also for Colin and make that all work so that and just full steam ahead keep going so one eventually you can do one of these exclusively hmm. that is cool yeah sounds like a good roadmap to get there and see how it pays off yeah i mean i it's it is hard right now but i'm you know it's you got to make the sacrifices to make things like this work and you know maybe it won't work out for some reason maybe i don't know maybe something will happen I, I can't, I don't know I, what would happen with Colin that he wouldn't be able to pay me or something anymore. He could tweet something really controversial, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patreon blows up or something, you know, maybe, you know, Colin gets hit hit by a bus or something and, you know, maybe it doesn't work out, you know, that's fine, I guess. Sorry, Colin, but that, you know, but. <laughs> it's not fine. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. So what would be in that sense, your advice to people who want to do what you've done up to this point and like i mentioned those three different strands before get to the point where they can work in the area that they love whether it's editing or art or anything separate to that it's interesting uh it's obviously it's about putting the time in i'm, I'm thinking specifically about you know competitive industries since that's you know what mm. you and i are in and jared petty once on a podcast said you know if you want to get into this industry you know, there are so many people that want to do it that even if you are great at it, you might not make it. And that's a, a sad reality we have to deal with. Mm. And I agree with him, but I'm also like, no, I'm not going to let that be the case. I'm going to do, you know, whatever it takes to make it happen. Right. And, you know, you got to and, you know, even though there is an odd that you might not be able to do it, there's so, you know, Putting in the work is going to increase your chance here and there. So, you know, you got to start small, whether it's doing a podcast or doing a YouTube channel and and working at it. But it's, you know, everyone always says consistency. And that's that's true is being consistent with it. Something that has been helpful for me, too, as far as Handsome Phantom is knowing when to stop doing something. Specifically, I mentioned the, the podcast that had 20 downloads or less. We... We killed that show because even though we had done it for two years, because it was like, this clearly isn't working. Why are we doing this? And so we let it sit for a long time. And then we eventually kind of, we rebranded it and brought it back anew. And that's been way better. We really liked doing these really highly edited Let's Plays on YouTube, but they didn't get any traction and they were taking up a lot of time. And so it's one of those things of being like, we got to figure out what works. So there's a consistency of, of working on the content, of course, but it's also mm. being willing to um, be flexible and experiment and try new things that, that work out. Yeah, I guess it's a tough thing of knowing, like, is the content the issue or is it the platform or is it right. getting eyes onto it? Because, you know, if, if everything you do gets no attention, do you just stop doing everything that you're doing? Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's a tough one because that is, I think, the burden or the challenge that so many people face early is making content that no one's seeing but yeah it's a it's a tough thing to push through if that's what you choose to do for real youtube right now for me is the is the absolute hardest thing in that it's it's so difficult because there's obviously so many creators out there that it's, it's an extremely competitive place to make make content 
And then not only is it competitive, but there's so many things about the algorithm that's always changing. It's like, you know, upload. It used to be you wanted to upload more regularly, and now that's not the case anymore. Now it's all about retention time and how long are people watching your or your videos and how long are they staying on your channel. So that affects what your uploads are like. Like, for example, this is this is really recent. I'll be, you know, inside baseball here with handsome fam that we haven't hmm. talked about we were do we had just started doing uh, a video version of our show like the uh johnny you can see this the the listeners of the podcast we're in the studio space here and we like you know painted up the room we got these couches up here and so we did that for a few weeks and you know it wasn't getting any kind of the traction that the that the downloads were and i'm like this is killing is probably going to kill our channel. If we keep doing this, we're uploading hour long videos that are getting no retention time. And, you know, the videos that, you know, we do have videos that do have good retention time. So this is just going to hurt those based on the YouTube algorithm. So why are we doing this? And so, yeah, yeah we, we killed that, you know, almost as quickly as we started it, we killed it just because you got to do what's right for the channel. Sure. No, it makes sense. And it's, I guess that's the struggle of being a content creator is constantly evaluating what you're doing, what's working, why it's not working if it isn't mm -hmm. and deciding how to fix that. So I guess you have to judge it for yourself and, and believe that your own taste is going to translate to what other people want to see as well. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing is that you always got to even, you know, it's, it's hard sometimes, especially if you have you know, we'll, you'll have a video that's that does pretty well, and then you'll have two or three that don't do very well. And so that can mm. be very demoralizing where it gets to the point where sometimes you're like, why, why am I doing this even, you know? Yeah. And it's such a small sample size too, that you could be like, oh, this video about Minecraft did really well. Maybe I'll do every single video about Minecraft, yeah. but that's really not the thing. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself into one specific topic because then your audience, mm. if you do something else, they're going to leave you. So, you know. Yeah. We see that all the time on Twitch where people will stick with one game for months at a time. Right. That's what their audience wants. And then they just get sick of, of streaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, Twitch is one of those things we've, we've lightly experimented with Twitch and I'm like, I don't it seems like with Twitch, it's all about the putting in the time, like hours every night, yeah. you know, having a schedule of four days a week streaming. And it's, it sounds very, uh, very hard to me to do Twitch, but yeah. I mean, if, if you enjoy it, if you have the interaction there, it seems like it's worthwhile, but if it's a, you know, a struggle, then it's not the right thing. Right. <laughs> all right. So last question for you, Dustin, if you could do anything and no, you wouldn't fail, what would you do? man anything and not fail i mean it would probably be doing handsome phantom full time i mean hmm. that's completely impossible right now since obviously financially but when i look i like to think that when i look back on my 20s someday and i'm only halfway through them but if i think about my early 20s i guess my best memories are going to be about being at conventions with you know with the crew and we're it's it's 1 a.m. and we're all all writing and I'm working on a video and and just being together that that camaraderie of, you know, we're in this together to make something, you know, awesome. 
So to have that, you know, obviously that's that's fun and those are good memories, but to make those that also a way to be financially viable would be would be awesome yeah. and obviously very scary. And that's why you see, you know, to not fail. Uh, that's that's, mm. the, you know, the main thing. So, yeah, generally the question reveals an answer where money is the issue at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the case for for a lot of things for me too. So. And that's the problem. I mean, when you, as you get older, like I just turned 26. And so because I'm not, I'm like almost full time in my job, but not quite, maybe not almost, but I, I work 40 hours a week, but it's across multiple jobs. So I don't have right, healthcare yeah. anymore. Um, so it's like, you know, if you want to have a house, if you want to have a car, then you have insurance. And then if you want to start saving for your retirement, it's like money just, flies away and especially the mm. money that you could use to pursue these things starts to fly away so you have to take advantage of it while you can i mean you got a good partner there in ben who's doing a thousand different things and kind of also cobbling together a career through through each one that could be a career in itself so he you know <laughs> that must be a help <laughs> it's hard ben is, is like i said he's a machine i don't know how he does it he like he i'm so jealous of him too because he doesn't need any sleep somehow like he he barely sleeps at night yeah. i'm like how do you it <laughs> would be so kids. convenient yeah. to not have to sleep like that but yeah i ben i i owe so much to ben we you know we're we're not old friends we we met i actually met him through being a patron at his at his stab at hit the pub and so mm. We're still kind of of new friends, even though we've been friends for a couple of years now. But we've done already so much together as far as building this website, doing, you know, running a campaign for him to be mayor. And now there's, you know, new opportunities that he's working on um, as far as some I guess it's not a secret that he's working on some some video game beer stuff. Yeah, but, that's um, really cool. we're working on some of that stuff together, too. So. Uh, yeah, he he's my partner in crime, so I appreciate him very much. Hmm. It sounds like a lifetime of experiences, even if it's only been a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's like, yeah. <laughs> we'll like be like, when when we he was doing the campaign for mayor and we were working on that stuff, he's like, why are we even doing this? Like, this is crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. but it worked out. <laughs> it worked out. That's right. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Dustin. It's been really cool to hear a bit more about what you've been doing and some uh, exciting stuff to come in the future if things work out for you. So, hey, all the best. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll get to, to meet again someday if you ever come back over or if for some reason I go to Australia. We'll definitely have to, to make it That'd happen. Yeah. <laughs> get a beer. Absolutely. Maybe a video game branded beer. That's right. That would be even better. Thank you for listening and thanks to Audio Technica. You can catch Dustin on Twitter at DustinCanFly. Take a look at his work over at HandsomePhantom.com or at Colin's Last Stand on Patreon and YouTube and podcast services of your choice. Of course, you can leave an iTunes rating and review to help this show or chip in at the 8-Bit Patreon. Make Comedy Rewind a reality, please. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Jono himself. Until next week, keep putting in work.